0: How's it going, folks? How's it going? I'm Brother Matthew, and this is Christian Coffee Time, where we sit down together to study the Word of God. And here we are, here we are again, another day for another great study. We are working our way through the Gospel of Luke, and we are up to chapter 12. So please grab your Bibles, notepads, and pens, and grab your tea, grab your coffee. As we're going to be studying the Word of God and taking a look at some really interesting stuff today. So, so here we are, working our way through and uh, continuing on in the Messages the Sermons of Christ. What we've been doing is taking a look at the Berean Method, um, as you see in Acts chapter 17, verse 11, as it, it talks about this and how they're called more noble than even others. Now this is a a praise that that is given by inspiration and instruction of the Holy Spirit of God, where the, the Lord praises this, that this is what he is pleased with, that this this gladdens the heart of God and, and, and this makes him so happy to see people fervently, adamantly, zealously diving into his word and believing his word over over personal opinions and uh, other things and other philosophies to see what the word of god says and searching all the scriptures to see if these things are so and the lord praises us and we're going to be kind of looking at this a little bit more today in our study this morning and uh so yeah so please grab your bibles and turn to luke chapter 12 and just realized i didn't update this <laughs> Alright, what, 12, 1. Alright, Luke chapter 12, verse 1. And if you have any comments, questions, issues, insights, please by all means go ahead, ask away. If it's not related to the topic at hand, please hold that to the end of the study or to the next broadcast. And uh, as we go through here, we're going to be taking a look at what it is saying. The what, the what of the narrative to get an idea of the full context of the passage that we're looking so we're not cherry picking we want to avoid cherry picking and we want to take a take a look at what the, the context of the narrative what it literally says is there's only one interpretation of the word of god and that's what it says what it means there are multiple applications it can be applied mentally physically spiritually circumstantially so there's many applications but there's only one interpretation that's the problem that progressive Christians do and modern uh, liberal uh, personal interpretation Christians do is they take the applications and they call those interpretations. No, uh, there's only one interpreter. What it says is what it means. And so all scripture from Genesis to Revelation is applicable and for our learning. So then we back up, go again through it slowly, take a look at how it is being said the specific words and pictures and images, doing the word studies, paying attention to what other passages of the Word of God uh, talk about what what it is you're reading, so you get an idea of the what and the how, and you're doing this for the purpose of the why. Why is this important? To apply it to myself, to go live it, speak it, think it, do it. Personal application. So, this is the, a quick summarization of the Berean method. And this is what is very important and what we need to understand is how to study the Word of God. There's a lot of people who read it, but there's not a lot of people who actually study it and then apply it to themselves. To study the Word of God is to learn the Word of God, to live the Word of God. And this is what writes the Word of God upon our hearts. It's not just scriptural memorization. See a lot of people think that if I just memorize Bible verses, you know, like John three sixteen, it just that's writing it upon my heart. No, that's the first step of it. Then there's okay. Take John three sixteen for example. Now, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world. Let's take that first line of John three sixteen. Everyone knows that verse. Now go through that slowly, go word by word. For this is because of therefore so uh, back up and you see what it's talking about previously god now who is god so loved it doesn't say god loved the world it says so love what's so love that's self-sacrificing love greater man hath, uh, no uh, greater love hath no man than this that a man lay down his life for his friends so acts 20 god purchased a church with his own with his own blood why because he so loved us god came down and gave himself for us. So we see the soul love of God applied there. And Now, this is breaking it down. This is studying it, understanding the context of these things. So this is what's so important. You know, many people can, can just regurgitate philosophies and psychologies and opinions and catechisms and stuff without actually understanding what it is, what it's talking about. See, a lot of people... When you ask them what they believe, oh, they'll spout off the uh, catechisms, the Westminster Confession, or whatever else, confessions, and, and belief systems, whatever. They, they memorize, okay, what this denomination adheres to, but they haven't actually done the study to figure out why. They just pair it off well because they say because it lines up with this and they say because it lines up with this but did you actually check it out did you actually study it you see studying personal application is what's so important And this is one of the first things we see here in uh luke 12 verse 1. so please grab your bibles and turn with me to luke chapter 12 verse 1 and let's take a look at what's going on here so in luke 12 1 in the meantime while all this is going on, previously is we see him telling off all the Pharisees and the, and the scribes and the lawyers and all them telling them all off. And while this is going on, he's drawing quite a crowd. Now, as you see, in the meantime, when there were gathered together an innumerable a multitude of people, insomuch that they trode one upon another. You know, the films, movies, and such don't really. Picture that so much. We don't really notice this. Now, I've talked about this before in our other walkthroughs, like the Gospel of John and the earlier uh, chapters of Luke. I talked a bit about this, how Scripture talks about entire cities, entire towns entire villages would just empty out all the cities of the area would empty out and people just come in droves it says an innumerable multitude i have trouble saying that word innumerable i'm a bit dyslexic so certain words are hard for me to say innumerable multitude of people now think about this like like this like the sand of the sea just just you can't count them there's so many people this is also what would cause the Pharisees and them to get jealous because they're supposed to be the religious leaders. But they're so dry and dead and there's no life to them. All they care about is traditionalistic religiosity. There's no power in anything they offer. The people get tired of organized religion. Organized religion is horrible. Bible says so it's not about organized religion now what is religion religion is man-made ordinances and traditions based upon what what uh, certain individuals think how the word of God should be carried out that's what religion is it's not about religion it's not about denominational distinctives it's not about traditionalism or any of that kind of thing organized religion is horrible we want the belief of faith We want sincere, zealous belief of faith. So the Pharisees and all of them, the lawyers and the doctors of the law, they have nothing. They have tradition and catechism. But Christ offers them something else. He teaches the people as one having authority and not as the Pharisees and the scribes. And it really confounded people and amazed them. And that the words spread and people came to hear him because he's speaking with power and conviction. And there's evidence of the blessing of God upon the words. That when they hear it, it gives them hope and life and strength. And not just that, but you'll notice that no miracles ever occurred with the Pharisees. There is no evidence of the sign of the power of God with them. That they would speak, but there's No answered prayer, that there's no power, there's no miracles, there's no wonders, there's nothing. It's nothing. It's dry, dead religion. Dry, dead religion. It's just words to them. It's just a knowledge war to them. But Christ offers something else, that with the word comes power. That the Lord rewards and helps and heals and strengthens and provides. There's evidence of the hand of God with it. And the people were coming because they're starving for something of the lord they're starving for evidence they're starving for the hand of god they're starving for the spirit of god and here is god speaking and showing what the true faith is about <clears throat> so these people were coming so much that they were nearly walking over one another like the sand of the sea And Jesus turns and begins to say unto his disciples first. Look what he says. He began to say to his disciples, first of all, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. So all the people are around and Jesus turns and starts teaching his disciples. Why wasn't he teaching the crowd? The things of the Lord are understood by the spirit of the Lord. That the word of God is given first to his children. And then we take it and teach others also. And that because Jesus was just speaking with the Pharisees and Sadducees and lawyers and all this stuff. And was telling them off. And then it was drawing a crowd. Jesus turns to address his disciples about what he just did there. Of why he told off the Pharisees and and the scribes and the lawyers and all them. See... The problem with uh with reading it in this layout system that we have with chapter verse divisions is uh, oftentimes what happens is we'll end our reading before it should be ended because well we stopped reading because that was the end of the verse we stopped reading because that was the end of the chapter well the chapter verse divisions were added later to help with the search of Scripture, memorization of Scripture, and the, and the layout and, and all this stuff. That the chapter verse divisions actually aren't supposed to be there. The, the chapter verse divisions are not inspired. They're, they were a tool that were added later on to help with the reading and the layout and, and searching and research of Scripture. So this is why it's so important to... to Keep going a little bit ahead to back up and and, uh, refresh your mind of the full context. Because the, the context of the narrative may continue into the next chapter, into the next verse. So keep reading, look ahead, back up. Don't cherry pick a passage. So why is Jesus saying this to his disciples? Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Because in chapter 11, we see why. So he's telling them off because of their hypocrisy, their raging, traditionalistic, religious hypocrisy, their legalism and all of this. <clears throat> so beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Now, leaven. Now, this leaven, uh, a little leaven will leaven the whole lump. So if you've ever made uh, bread, homemade bread, you take a little bit of the uh, uh, the leaven, the yeast, and you put it in. And it will cause the dough to rise. And it spreads and makes makes it much bigger. Beware of the leaven. Now that which will grow in you. So beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Is there something else that should should be added? So we see there's a good leaven and a bad leaven. That which will grow, that which is blessed of God, is judging righteously understanding righteously looking at things righteously looking at things as the way the spirit of god would want us to look at it so having mercy grace understanding now the leaven of the pharisees which is hypocrisy now they to them it's all of the outward it's all of the outward that i do and do not that i have to i have to speak right act right do right look right behave right i have to do all this stuff right they focus on the outward that's why jesus says judge not after the outward appearance but judge righteous judgment beware of the leaven of the pharisees which is hypocrisy now leaven spreads it will spread that, that one person gets all hooked up with this and someone else will. And it'll start spreading through a group. It'll start spreading through a church. It'll start spreading through a religious group or whatever. We we see it spreads. It's very contagious. It's very contagious. It's hypocrisy. It's all the outward. Now, I just put up a post on Instagram, actually. How The Pharisees didn't drink or smoke. They tithed. They attended services. If the doors were open, they dressed right. They read and memorized scripture. They were zealous defenders of the law and Christ cursed them. It's not about the outward religion. It's about the sincerity of the belief of the heart. See, it's not about the doing and not doing. It's not about making sure I do the right thing. It's not about that. It's not about, oh God, obey the commandments. It's not not about that. It's about the Lord. It's about your relationship and fellowship with the Lord. That's what the Lord says. What the Lord wants. What the Lord decrees. What the Lord instructs. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. And Jesus goes on to talk about the Pharisees many times. He's saying how outwardly they're beautiful. They look good. They look right. Looks are deceiving. It can look like a duck it can walk like a duck it can sound like a duck but it can be a wolf you don't you don't judge a person's faith and judge a person's salvation because they're doing or not doing it's not about that we're not fruit inspectors because you don't know that if that person could be born again saved, but they could be a prodigal child They're still a child of their father, but they're having a difficult time. And inwardly, they're having this big conflict of conviction. And they're struggling. And the Spirit of God is drawing them. You don't know. But we're so quick to throw people into hell. We're so quick to to deny people. But we refuse to look at ourselves. Show Show me a right, proper Christian. What does a right, proper Christian look like? What does a Christian look like? You see, the hypocritical Pharisees want a cookie-cutter system. We all got to wear the the right clothes and and, and, uh, saying the right things and doing the right stuff. And don't drink, don't dance, don't smoke, don't don't watch television, don't do this, don't do that. And they make all the rules and laws and they can only have a piano on stage. (laughs) And to them, it's all about rule. It's all about rule of law. It's all about strict, uh, strict legalism. It's all about do and do not. Can't do this. Can't do that. Can't do this. Can't do that. Can't say this. Can't say that. And as Jesus says, John came to you neither eating nor drinking, and you say he hath a devil. The son of man came both eating and drinking, and you said, behold, a gluttonous and a winebibber. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Now, this does not mean that we can just go and do whatever we want, that our liberty in Christ is not liberty to sin. But we've got to ask ourselves why we are doing what we are doing. And we don't just act. We don't just act. We don't just do. We want to examine everything and bring everything before the Lord. And we want to make sure that our heart is right before the Lord. And we're not just acting upon our own personal desires. You gotta ask the lord's opinion gotta gotta bring the lord into it as charles spurgeon says all things to the glory of god do all things to the glory of god if you can't do it unto the glory of god then why are you doing it we want to glorify god with everything that we do even in eating and drinking so beware of the leaven of the pharisees which is hypocrisy now hypocrisy can take many 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 faces and It's interesting, if I could figure out where I put it, there. Hypocrisy takes many different faces. And uh, we we think ourselves better than others because, well, I read my Bible more than they do. I pray more than they do. I go to more services than they do. Uh, I dress better than they do. I don't watch certain shows like they do. I don't play that kind of music. I don't have... Lord, I thank you I'm not like this other man. Let's actually read that. Luke 18. Luke chapter 18, verse 10. Jesus spake a parable unto them. Uh, 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 Luke 18, verse 9. And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous. They trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself god i thank thee that i am not as other men are extortioners unjust adulterers or even this publican i fast twice in the week i give tithes of all that i possess and the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven but smote upon his breast saying god be merciful to me a sinner i tell you this man went down to his house justified, rather than the other. For everyone that exalts himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. I think, I believe, I do, I don't do. You see, hypocrisy can take the form and can take the image of the hypocritical legalistic Pharisee. Meanwhile, those who slam the Pharisees are being Pharisees and legalists of themselves. Well, I don't do what they do. I'm free. I don't judge others. And they boast about their righteousness, about their liberality. They boast about their libertarianism. They boast about how much they, that they are not like the Pharisees. Meanwhile, they're being hypocrites because they're judging. You see, you can be a hypocrite by judging, and you can be a hypocrite by talking about how much you don't judge. It's not about that at all. Just leave it alone. Just leave people alone. Beware of the leaven it spreads it's contagious if it grabs a hold of you it will grow and it will manifest just leave people alone just don't even talk about it have nothing to do with it just focus on what the lord says between you and the lord you don't boast about about what you do or don't do don't brag about what you do or don't do don't talk about how much how much more right and how much more better you are than them just what does the word of god say Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. For there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither hid that shall not be known. Beware your sins will find you out. Because the hypocrite, the hypocrite talks about how much they are a Christian. Talks about how much they are of God, they're loved of God, they love the Lord and they walk with Christ but behind closed doors that they do none of those things it's it's a rarity actually that that they're two-faced they're two-faced the hypocrite is two-faced that they that what they are in public is not what they are at home in their private life what they are at church is not what they are at home what they are at church is not what they are in public if you're all on fire and zealous for the lord at church and you could hardly point you out in a crowd as being a christian you're a hypocrite you're a lying hypocrite you go to church and oh how i love jesus but you never witness you're lying hypocrite see how it grows see how far it spreads there's so many different forms of hypocrisy We talk about how how much we love jesus but why call ye me lord lord but do not do as i say we can we can memorize all the verses and not study it we don't actually study the word of god we don't actually search out the word of god we don't actually live the word of god but we read it you're a hypocrite You say you sit at the feet of jesus but that's like sitting at the feet of jesus but you're playing with your phone and you're not paying attention you're just speed reading through the bible because you have a whole bunch of other things to do you're a hypocrite and then you have the audacity to judge others therefore whatsoever ye have spoken in darkness shall be heard in the light and that which ye have spoken in the ear and closets shall be proclaimed upon the housetops you Are you a gossip? You're a hypocrite. You talk about others behind their backs. You gripe more about them than you do actually trying to help them. You're a hypocrite. You say you love the Lord and you love Jesus, but there's no Christ-likeness in your actions and your behavior. You judge more than you help. You condemn more than you pray for them. You're a hypocrite. And I say unto you, my friends, be not afraid of them that kill the body, but and after after that have no more that they can do. But I will forewarn you whom ye shall fear. Fear him, which after he hath killed, hath power to cast into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Don't fear and worry and stress and fret and care about the outward. You care about the inward, you care about the soul. Because the Lord is able and is rich in mercy. To forgive and to save. Think about ourselves. What the Lord has brought us from. What he has done with us in our lives. How he has helped us. How we grieve him and shame him regularly. And how he's rich in mercy. He's faithful to forgive. Should we not imitate that? How many times ought we to forgive our brother? 70 times 7. The fear of the Lord, to fear the Lord, to not care about others. If others want to be hypocrites, others want to be Pharisees, let them. Let them. If any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant. Don't even worry about them. Don't even care about them. Uh, The hyper-legalistic, commandment-keeping, law-keeping Pharisees, ignore them. Don't Don't even give them the time of day. Just ignore them. But they say, but they're saying, but they're saying, let them. Let them they're blind teachers of the blind and if the blind lead the blind they'll both fall into a ditch watch they're they're, they're going to be uh they're they're rolling a stone and it's going to roll back upon them they're going to get snared in their own net you watch they're going to wind up publicly shame themselves you watch they're going to publicly show how they're nothing but lying hypocrites you just watch just ignore them pray that their eyes would be opened. pray that that they would learn the truth and they come and follow the lord do you Pray as much for those you curse and condemn Fear Him and we see in John chapter five verse twenty four. Let's go to John chapter five verse twenty four how the Lord will judge all the Lord judges all the Lord will care care about it. No one will escape. And uh, so we went John chapter five verse twenty eight. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in the which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice, and shall come forth, they that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. The resurrection of damnation. No one's going to escape. Everyone will have to give an account. So think about that. Don't think about our standing before people here. Think about our standing before the Lord. And that will bring into us a proper right respect of fear. I'm going to have to give an account to the Lord. I don't care about having to give an account to people. I care about having to give an account unto God. I owe no man nothing. I don't have to explain myself to anyone. But God. And on that day, I, I I would rather my account be rather short. I want to keep a short account with God. That's what helps keep me in line. Will help straighten me out. I think about that, because it's not going to be a a private, you know, court uh, uh, court case. It's not going to be a private thing. We're going to be standing in front of everybody, and our lives are going to be bared open before everybody there's going to be no secrets everyone's going to see and hear everything about everyone everyone's going to get a turn no one escapes so i'm going to bear my heart before the lord and seek to be more christ-like Pharisees and the Lord knows our weaknesses and the Lord knows how we're nothing but lying hypocrites if we think ourselves better than others. The Lord knows because he knows what's in our lives. He knows how we have broken his law, how we've broken his word, how we've grieved his spirit and how we've betrayed his word. No one's flawless. No one's sinless. No one's perfect. And as the scriptures say, if any man thinks he knoweth anything, he does not yet know as he ought to know and though thou exalt thyself as the eagle thence will i bring thee down the lord will call you out he knows what's of your heart he knows what's in your lives he knows what's going on stop playing stop pretending and be honest be honest you may have your personal preferences and likes and dislikes just understand not everybody's like you it's not a cookie cutter faith it's not a cookie-cutter religion what does a Christian look like bring it up before the Lord fear the Lord don't fear man don't care what others think stop trying to impress people who are you trying to impress when you talk about what you do or don't do or, or be, how much you abstain from or or what you have or what you give who are you trying to impress what does it matter? The Bible says, God says that your right that, that your uh, left hand should not know what your right hand is doing. Don't even talk about it. Don't even don't even boast about it. Just what does the Lord say? Promote the Lord, promote Christ. Fear him which hath power to cast into hell. You fear the Lord. Verse six: Are not five sparrows sold for two farthings, and not one of them is forgotten before God? But even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. As you see here, the Lord is also trying to give a picture of how small we are. Like, take a look at sparrows, for example. And this is where we can also get the get the term "a dime a dozen" kind of thing. They're so cheap five sparrows sold for two farthings it's it's like nothing that's pocket change five sparrows equating us to this we are of more value than many sparrows also to not degrade and debase yourself like for example you see in in pictures i don't know if you've seen it or read it or whatever the image of the like the uh the roman catholic monks kind of thing where they think that if they debase themselves and degrade themselves if they if they restrict themselves and living in the monastery with no luxuries of any kind and even the uh, uh what is it called the flagellants Uh, where they would beat themselves. They literally would beat themselves, whip themselves, because they think that this will bring them favor before God, and this is a penitence for their sins, and and that that, uh, if they degrade themselves to no value, that this will bring favor. No. We're of more value than sparrows. We were made from the dirt, but he saves us and makes us his children. All those who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ are his children. Children of the Lord. Think of the value. How much value do you have if both God and the devil are after your soul? Think about that. How much value do you have? To not degrade and debase ourselves. To think less of ourselves than what we are. Even the very hairs of our head. Some of us have more than others. Very hairs of our head are all numbered, for the Lord knows everything about you, and he still so loves you. The so love of God. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friends, and that's what God did for us because he so loved the world. Christ atoned for the sins of the whole world, because he so loves us, he's not willing that any should perish. But God commands all men everywhere to repent. It calls us and draws us and asks us just to look to him, to call upon him, to believe in him, to trust in him, to just listen to him, to forsake all, die to self. Stop listening to yourself. Just listen to me. Listen to me. That God would come down and the likeness of men would walk with us and talk with us and he would give himself for us. And he'd say, now come walk with me. Sit with me. Listen to me. Stop trying to figure it out yourself. Stop trying to impress men. Stop trying to impress anybody. Just do what you're told. You don't have to do anything. Want to follow me. Want to listen to me. He knows all our weaknesses, all our strengths. He knows everything that's going on. He knows what people are saying. He knows what other people are doing. He knows what the cults are saying and doing. He knows what the Pharisees are saying and doing. Just ignore that. Give that to the Lord. He'll look after it. You don't have to look after anything. Just listen. Wait upon the Lord. Walk with Him. Also I say unto you, Whosoever shall confess me before men, him shall the Son of men also confess before the angels of God. But he that denieth me before men shall be denied before the angels of God. Now what's he saying here? This is where uh, the legalistic, hypocritical, pharisee types will think that that if you're not maintaining fruit and you're not regularly confessing the lord improving the lord in your life and you're not saved that's not what that's talking about to confess before others is to state that you believe in the lord jesus christ as your lord god and savior that that you affirm that you believe in the gospel of jesus christ but he that denies me before men this is to say that no i don't believe in it I don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. No Jesus Christ is not my Lord and Savior. To, to, to deny the Lord before others is, is where the Lord will deny you. Your name's not found written. You're not saved. That before all the angels, name no, I don't find your name, depart from me, you curse in everlasting fire and torment. Your, your name's not found written. And whosoever shall speak a word against the Son of Man it shall be forgiven him. Think about that. The depth of the forgiveness, the depth of the mercy and the grace. Mercy, grace, the forgiveness that the Lord shows unto us. As the Lord says, if you will not forgive others, neither will your Heavenly Father forgive you. Forgiveness, mercy, grace. How much mercy and grace has the Lord shown you? Isn't that the kind of mercy and grace that you should show unto others? I say you as in a a general inclusive sense, including myself. That the word of God is saying this unto us. Mercy, grace is what hypocrites don't have. Mercy and grace is what the Pharisees don't have. Mercy and grace is what the legalists don't have. They don't have mercy and grace. That they, they are swift to judge and condemn. That, that that person that the, they listen to that they listen to uh rocky type music oh, how could they do that i i only listen to this guy i only listen to the hymns good for you good for you and you tell telling me the lord doesn't can't save them can't work with them can't help them can't bless them well, he doesn't bless as much as he blesses me. We laugh. We think that that's ridiculous. How many people do that? How many Christians do that about everything? Well, I don't watch what they watch. I dress better than they dress. <laughs> and? What does that have to do with anything? You're telling me the Lord can't help them, use them, bless them? Uh, you know, the uh, the Christians that get saved in the jungles, people that uh, the, the natives that get saved in the jungles, they, they have less than you do. Are they, they better blessed than you because they don't even have technology? Think about it. Stupid. Hypocrisy is stupid. Phariseeism is stupid. This. stupid. Stupid self righteous attitude. We, we look down at others and we think ourselves better because we don't do what they do. We we do better than them. I know more than them, and I have more degrees and diplomas and Really, wow. Man, how high and holy you must be. Wow, you must really have the favor of God. and meanwhile we see in the scripture the apostle paul says that he he's the least of all saints he does he doesn't deserve to be an apostle oh wretched man that i am we see the apostle paul again and again wretched man that i am if anybody deserved to be the highest most praised example of of sainthood, it should be the Apostle Paul. Look at how he talks about himself. Are you better than the Apostle Paul? Why keep the Ten Commandments? I do. Are you better than the Apostle Paul? To even the audacity of some people where they actually think themselves sinless. Those people are fun. They're fun because every time you you point to them, what scripture says to to refute their their ideology, they get so mad. Oh, you're about to break break your sanctification. Better not get mad. Uh, Man, they get really really wild because they they are in such a delusion. They actually think themselves sinless. I keep the Ten Commandments and I don't sin. I've actually had people say that to me. Believe it or not, they actually think they're sinless. They don't sin wow wow you're better than paul and peter combined wow you should write your own book of the bible and we can include it in here tell us how to do it hypocrites lying legalistic pharisaical hypocrites it's easy to be sinless when you redefine sin there's the thing there's the thing that's the issue with a lot of these folks is it's easy to be sinless when you redefine sin. Well, I don't think that that it's uh, that big of a deal in your opinion. But what does the Bible say? Meanwhile, you look at their private life and they're no different than you, but they've redefined sin. That's how they're sinless. And the Lord will call them out. Don't worry about calling them out here. Don't worry about exposing the hypocrites here. They're gonna to have to stand before the Lord. No one's gonna No one's gonna get off. No one's gonna go scot-free. Everyone's gonna to have to give an answer. The criminals and the wicked and the evil in this world, they're gonna to have to stand before the Lord. No one's no one's getting away with it. You know, I, I've often said. I really hope, I really do hope that there are pillars in the courtroom of God that we can hide behind because I don't want to be standing there. I want to hide behind one of those pillars when it comes to some of those people's turns. Like these rulers of the world today, the the wicked of the world today. Oh man, I, I really hope there are pillars that I can hide behind. I'm telling you. And whosoever, sorry. And whosoever shall speak a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. Blasphemies or whithssoever they shall blaspheme, shall be forgiven them. Blasphemies, it can be forgiven. Well, I, uh, look, I didn't go to the depths of sin like they did. You know, I envy that. boasting of uh, people boasting about how they didn't sin they didn't do I've never done I've never sinned like that good for you but where sin abounds is grace did much more abound and the Lord talks about this actually about those that have that have have done much receive greater grace they're shown greater grace greater mercy. The one who owes little or the one who owes much? Which will love the Lord more? The one to whom much was forgiven. It shall be forgiven him. It shall be forgiven. It is forgiven. We look at the grace and mercy of God, how he forgives. If he can forgive much sin, shouldn't we forgive much? Shouldn't we show that much grace and mercy? it goes on to say something here in verse 10. but unto him that blasphemeth against the holy ghost it shall not be forgiven to blaspheme against the holy ghost now what is this now we've we've talked about this before and there's a lot of people who have a misunderstanding of what blasphemy the holy ghost actually is now what a lot of people have is the traditional orthodox explanation, which is just speaking evil and cursing the Holy Ghost. That if you, if you do that, you can't receive forgiveness and you're going straight to hell. No. No. That's bad. Don't do that. But that's not specifically... What that is? Go go a bit deeper. Okay, so you see the person who who curses the the spirit of God, curses the faith, curses the word of God, and th- th- you take a look at what th- this person. See, judging after the appearance is judging what they're doing—the cursing. Go deeper. Why is that person? Doing that in the first place. Where is that coming from? Look at the heart of that individual. They have a hardened heart. Why? Why? Keep asking why. Go deeper, deeper, deeper. Why? Why are they saying it? Why are they doing it? In what state? What manner? They've hardened their heart against the Lord. Why? How? We see the Lord commands all men everywhere to repent the, the Lord calls all he draws all he convicts all not all will believe but he still calls and convicts and draws all anyways see the invitation is is given out freely to all some people fight and reject and resist it to resist the grace of God to resist the the, the conviction of the Holy Spirit of God because what does the Holy Spirit do? John 16, 8, when he has come, the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. That means to instruct, guide, guard, convict. And the Spirit of God working on certain people will cause certain people to get wild and to get mad, as you see in Romans chapter 1, verses 18 to 25. They suppress the truth in unrighteousness. They take the truth of what God is saying, and they shove it down, and they try to hide it, and they cover it with their sin, and they try to bury it, This deliberate resisting, rejecting of the conviction of the Spirit of God is what hardens their heart. To resist what the Lord is showing, to reject what the Spirit of God is offering and convicting you, to fight against the Spirit of God, you are hardening your heart against the Lord. You are unable to receive forgiveness. Because how can I be forgiven... If I'm not even allowing the Spirit of God to bring me to repentance, it literally takes the work of the Spirit of God to bring me to repentance, to bring me to conviction. That if I don't allow the Spirit of God to convict me, I'm not going to be repenting. I'm not even going to want to repent. I'm going to have no desire to repent. You can never be forgiven the sin until death. That the Bible talks about the sin until death. That if I, if I keep continue in this sin until death, I will never receive forgiveness. But can a person who blasphemes the Holy Spirit of God get born again saved? Yes. If they soften their heart and they stop sinning, uh, stop sinning this sin, they stop committing this sin. They they can be forgiven, they can be saved. But as the Bible specifically talks about never receiving it. The sin until death. So what is blasphemy of the Holy Ghost? Resisting the Spirit of God. The conviction of the Spirit of God until death. That's specifically what this is talking about. Because you take a look at what the Spirit of God does. The work of the Holy Spirit. Of his conviction and his instruction. And all of this. Now what does this have to do with hypocrisy? Well. You see. There's. For the unsaved there's the resisting of the spirit of god of his conviction of their sins so that they would repent and believe the gospel and be saved there's that whole side then for the christian the christian a hypocrite is one who will not allow the spirit of god to speak through them that they would rather speak themselves that, that is an irreverent treatment of the Spirit of God. You are searing your conscience with a hot iron. You're resisting the instruction of the Spirit of God. You're telling the Spirit of God to be silent so that you can speak what you think. Preaching yourself, promoting yourself, your opinions. I think, I feel, I believe. These individuals who very well may be saved but they don't allow the word of god to to correct them they think they don't need the absolute authority of the word of god that the word of god is open to personal interpretation you hear it all the time well i have my truth you have your truth i have my interpretation you have your interpretation you're correcting the spirit of god By your standard, your feeling, your opinion. That hypocrisy is a form of blasphemy. That's flippant, irreverent misuse of the Spirit of God. You're telling the Lord he's wrong. You're telling the Spirit of God he's wrong, he's not the authority. He's not the authority of your life. He's not the authority of your conviction. He's not the authority of your beliefs. Your beliefs are determined by you, not by the Spirit of God. That's scary. That we could do that to the Lord. We could could have the absolute audacity to do that to Jesus. Now imagine, imagine. Back in time, go back 2,000 years ago, you're sitting at the feet of Jesus, okay? He's what we're reading on the pages, he's literally speaking. And you say, No, I don't think so, Jesus. I think this is how it should be. I believe, no, sorry, Jesus, you have your opinions, I have mine. You have your interpretation, I have mine. That's what the vast majority of modern Christians are doing. That's blasphemous. That's irreverent. That's unholy. That's ungodly. That's profane. That's blasphemy. Correcting God. Blasphemies. Blasphemies against the Son of Man. And blasphemies against the Holy Ghost. So... The Lord can, can and will forgive that. That will be forgiven. Hypocrisy is saying that we don't do that. Hypocrisy is, is saying how, how we love the word of God, but yet we're always interpreting it to justify and validate our own personal opinions and feelings and desires and lifestyles and all that kind of stuff. Thinking that we're following the word of God. But it's easy to follow the word of God when we redefine the word of God to fit our own personal narrative. Think about it. We're all guilty. We're all guilty. What can we do about it? Well, what can we do about it? Next verse. Verse 11. And when they shall bring you unto the synagogues, and unto magistrates, and powers, take ye no thought how or what thing ye shall answer, or what ye shall say. For the Holy Ghost shall teach you in the same hour what ye ought to say. Well, what should we do to fix this problem? Shut up. It's that simple. Shut up. The Spirit of God will tell you what to say. We ought to get over ourselves. Shut up. And just listen. What does it say? What does it say? What does it say about righteousness? What does it say about forgiveness? What does it say about grace and mercy and love and... And, and fellowship with the saints and the joy of the saints and the love of the saints what does it say about the church and worship and prayer and praise and what does it say about all of the aspects of that that are of the Christian life what does it say about Jesus what does it say about devotion what does it say about zealousness what does it say about mercy that's what it is It's not what i think what i feel my interpretation my catechism commentary council my creed my religion my denomination it's not about that it's not about me my and i it's about what the lord says you want to stop being a hypocrite stop talking about yourself stop looking at yourself stop stop looking at other people start looking at the word of god start talking the word of god jesus sat with publicans and sinners you know this always keeps coming back to me whenever i, I start looking at the topic of grace and mercy and this kind of thing you know I, i'm just saying you know whether you agree with me or not you know, try, you know go ahead try to prove me wrong on this but jesus sat with sinners drunkards harlots blasphemers and he ate and drank with them Jesus even said himself you call me a gluttonous and a winebibber you know what winebibber means one who indulges in alcohol alcoholic wine that's what that means doesn't mean grape juice just saying They called him that. They wouldn't have said that if there wasn't something there, for their minds to try to attempt to justify it. They're saying they said all kinds of things about him. They cursed him and and they railed on him. Jesus sat with them, but not to condone or justify the sinners' behaviors. But he sat with them not to curse them not to rail on them not to fault find them but he sat with them so to to build bridges and draw them to righteousness he didn't laugh at their jokes he didn't fellowship with their sin but he went to them to build bridges uh, of communication so that he could speak to them and witness to them of the truth so to convict them of the truth, to draw them to the truth that they might be saved. He didn't reject them or forsake them and think himself better than them and abstain from them and, and speak evil of them. But he went to them to save them. Do, do we go to the people that we disagree with to bring them to the truth the way Christ would more than we speak against them we're so quick to fault find and point finger and think ourselves better than others when honestly if we were to look at our lives through the eyes of God we're no better we are sinners saved by grace we are sinners saved by grace Now, when Jesus says, but he that denieth me before men, there's also the application there. The application of denying him before men is to deny the forgiveness, the grace, and the mercy of Christ's likeness before others. That if we are not forgiving others, the Lord will not forgive us. That if we deny grace unto others, what makes us think the Lord is going to show his grace unto us? What do you think the lord what makes you think the lord is going to bless you if you're not blessing others did not the lord talk about this to to, to pray for those that hate you bless us that hate you bless your enemies pray for your enemies love your enemies turn the other cheek did he not say that What? how can we confess him before others it's not just confessing jesus which means to promote Jesus, to, uh, of, of Jesus his person, that Jesus is God, we can tell them the gospel with no grace. You know, like the turn or burn evangelists, where they go out in the street and they scream fire and brimstone Jesus, and they show no grace, no mercy, no love. It's all just hate and hate rhetoric and about how you're all going to burn in hell and the wrath of God, wrath, wrath, anger, fire, damnation. But to confess Jesus is to confess not just his person, who he is, but his character. To confess the character of Jesus. The grace of Jesus. How can I confess grace unto people? The grace of Christ. Not just Christ, but the grace of Christ. The faith of Christ. The mercy of Christ. The forgiveness of Christ. How can I show this unto others? The Pharisees don't. They only show conviction that they, they preach wrathful judge jesus they don't preach the jesus that sat with the publicans they they don't preach the jesus that is forgiving and graceful and merciful a jesus that will bring sinners to tears because of his grace and love of his acceptance, that it, it that they, they don't have to try to make themselves acceptable. If they would just come to him and believe on him, repent and believe the gospel, he will embrace them. He will forgive them. He will teach them and help them to understand. That he saves them and then he teaches and instructs them of what is righteous. What, what, the difference between, the, between that which is holy and the profane. He helps them to understand. And they grow in understanding. I and mean, the things in their lives will, will, will come. You don't have to worry about that right now. Don't worry about these issues and things right now. Just look at Jesus Christ. Do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? Yes. Okay. Now he can help you. He can help you grow he can help you understand and walk in better fellowship he will teach you the difference he'll teach you righteousness and truth and doctrine and theology you don't become an immediate deep theologian at the moment of salvation you grow into it but so many of the pharisees condemn the the the, the, the born the the freshly born christians because they're not perfect flawless scholar theologians at the moment of salvation you do know there's a learning process have grace have patience christ-like patience we're so swift like oh they said they believe in jesus but look there's no difference Difference differences come with time differences come with time the hypocrite has no grace no mercy no love no patience Look at Jesus, the people he hung out with, the people he called to be his his disciples and apostles. Judas Iscariot was an apostle of Jesus Christ for three years. Give that some thought. Judas Iscariot was a disciple of Jesus Christ, an apostle of Jesus Christ, For three years. It's not about what you do. It's not about the outward appearance. It's not about churchianity. It's about the honest, sincere, zealous faith of the heart. It's not what enters the man that defiles him. But that which comes out. It's not about what you're wearing. It's about what you're wearing on your heart. And when others judge you, when the Pharisees and all of them come upon you and they start judging you, look what he says. Worry not what to say beforehand. Don't even worry about it. Ignore it. The Spirit of God will tell you. The Spirit of God will show you he will help you he will instruct you you are not here we are not here to impress each other we're not here to impress people it's not about a show it's not a game it's not a one-upmanship thing christ says if you want to be the greatest in heaven you need to be the least you need to humble yourself under others humility humility Look at John the Baptist. Jesus says that uh, that uh, that those which are born, born of women, none is greater than John the Baptist. John the Baptist. Take a look at him. He couldn't care less than anyone thought about anything in his life. But what did he do? He preached the word of God with passion. That's all he cared about is the word of God. Whether or not a person has repented and believed the truth or not. That's all he cared about. All he cared about was the gospel. All he cared about was promoting Jesus Christ. It's all he cared about. He couldn't care less what anyone else thought. The Pharisees came at him. He couldn't care less. He was judged of all people. He couldn't care less. But if we would just stop playing the religion game. And start believing on Christ fervently. I think a lot of our problems would be solved overnight. We would stop fighting our clan wars and everything else our denomination wars and our religion wars our catechism wars and all this stuff just stop just stop thinking ourselves better than others because i do i don't do i get i don't get i have i don't have who cares who cares about the things of this world who cares about the social issues of this world we should care about christ Promoting Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ, fixes and solves anything and everything. Anyone who says it doesn't is a liar. I wear a mask. I don't wear a mask. I get the shot. I don't get the shot. We think it's better than others. Really? See how far it goes? Hey. Starting fires. Hypocrisy. Thinking yourself better than others because you do or don't do. You think yourself better than others because you're holier than them. You keep yourself better than others. That's hypocrisy. That's Phariseeism. We are all wretched sinners saved by grace. We're all wretched we can't go. We can't go without sinning for more than five seconds without sinning by way of thought, word, or action. Who do we think we are? We need to get over ourselves. We really do. And listen to the Spirit of God. That if someone falls, if thy brother falls, count him not as thine enemy, the word of God says. But what do we do? We, the Christian army is the only army where we, where we shoot our wounded. We stab our wounded in the back. Instead of helping them and encouraging them and praying for them and, 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 and fellowship with them to draw them to Christ so they could learn of the truth, we, we just shove them down further and damn them curse them think ourselves better than them we don't help pick them up we just we just put our foot on their necks and shove them further in the mud hypocrisy beware of the leaven of the Pharisees the leaven of the Pharisees is thinking yourself better than others because you do or don't do different than them all because you sin differently than them you think yourself better than them it's what it is. Because you sin better than them. You think yourself better than them. Like, what? doesn't make sense exactly. Hypocrisy doesn't make sense. It, it, it's the, the deluded mind thinks that delusion makes sense. We need to stop being so deluded. Stop thinking ourselves better. Who and what are we? We're sinners saved by grace. We are given a priority. We are given a message. We are given a focus. And we're squandering it. We are ruining our opportunities, squandering our opportunities, because we're so caught up with worldliness, with materialism, with the philosophies of this world, with the social issues of this world, more than we are caring about Christ. If we would just stop caring and fighting about the things of this world and focus more on what the Word of God says, we have a lot less problems. If we would preach the gospel as as much or more than we preach about politics and stuff, I think we'd have a lot less problems. If we started focusing on how, on the on the grace and mercy and faithfulness of the forgiveness of Christ, if we start focusing on that more. I think we'd have a lot less problems. The hypocrite is the one who says amen to that, but doesn't do it. The Pharisee will continue to make excuses for their social issue ragings. The Pharisee will continue on their damnation and judging of others because of the other standings of social issues and political issues. They'll continue to damn them while shouting amen to that uh, saying how they shouldn't do it. But they'll continue to do it. The Pharisee will continue to judge their brother and damn their brothers because they, they do things differently than they would. But doesn't the bible say to, to mark those which cause divisions yes what is the context of divisions read the full context but if they are a brother in christ what does it say count him not as thine enemy but rather pray for them to draw them teach them instruct them help them encourage them bless them not curse them damn them push them away and judge them and and reject them and count them as your enemy what does the word of God say what does Jesus say about fellowship what does Jesus say that that to be be careful of how you speak about others that are of the body of Christ because if you speak evil of those are the body of Christ you're speaking evil against Christ that's what it says the Pharisee will make excuses the Pharisee will continue on the hypocrite We'll make excuses for their sin. Excuses for their hypocrisy. We'll try to find loopholes for their hypocrisy. We'll even twist scripture to justify their hypocrisy. Lord, I thank ye that I am not like this person who got the shot. I thank you I'm better than them. <laughs> yes, I went there. I said it. Yep. lord i thank you now we take a look at people who promote stuff and talk about things and fight issues <clears throat> the people who seem to have great powers and abilities you take a look at other denominations other religions and cults like like joel osteen Kenneth Copeland, all of them. These people who seem to have such great power and blessing and help. They're just Jannies and Jambres. They're 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 not of God. Don't look at other religions, don't look at other people, don't look at other other things, don't look at yourself. If Jennies and Jambres, the Sorcerer Pharaoh, were alive today, they'd be employed by Bethel, promoted by Kenneth Copeland and Benny Hinn, adored by Joyce Smyers and Todd White, and would be the best friends of Joel Osteen. Now. What does that got to do with this? We see in the Psalms where the psalmist was bewildered by the prosperity of the wicked. They seem to have great power and abilities and blessings and things. We take a look at stuff going on in the world. And we ask God why. Well, For a lot of people, this is the closest to heaven they'll ever get. For the saints, this is the closest to hell we'll ever get. We shouldn't look on the outward, not care about what they have or don't have. Build up for yourselves, start for yourselves uh, treasures in heaven, not treasures on earth. Forsake all. Die to self. Let go of self. Don't focus on things. The wicked may be prosperous and everything be going well. And they seem to have great power. And they're starting to become rulers of this world. Pity them. People who get focused on those kinds of people. Look at Joel Osteen, Kenneth Copeland, these folks. Todd White, Joyce Myers. Pity them. Grieve them. They don't know what they're doing. You know, Janes and Jambres, Moses, when he was sent to Egypt, and he warned them, Moses warned them, warned the Egyptians, he warned Pharaoh, he warned Janes and Jambres, he showed them the might of God. Was the Lord willing? to forgive and save Jannes and Jambres if Jannes and Jambres had have repented and turned to the Lord yeah we're quick to damn individuals like that we're quick to damn and cast to hell Jannes and Jambres and judge them for what they did we're quick to damn Pharaoh we're quick to condemn our 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 political leaders did christ not love them too did did christ not so love them that that is god was god not willing to save them like he did nebuchadnezzar the gentile emperor of babylon look look at the lengths that god went through with nebuchadnezzar to draw him was god not willing to save nebuchadnezzar gentile emperor of babylon Nebuchadnezzar got saved and wrote Daniel chapter 4. Could he not have saved Janice and Jambres? Yeah, he could have. The hypocrite says no. The hypocrite looks at people like Hillary Clinton and them and is swift to damn them and curse them and speak evil of them and throw them into hell. Is Christ not willing to save them too? We're so quick, quick to scoff and mock and damn people like justin trudeau and and joe biden the bible says speak evil of no man the hypocrite says yeah well look at what they've done look at what you did before you got saved well i wasn't as bad as them really you 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 weren't you, you weren't on your way to the same fires you weren't on your way to the same fires you weren't gonna get the wrath of god just like they might the hypocrite thinks himself better my sins were not as bad as their sins can you show me where the sin scale is uh, I, I've not yet been able to find where the sin scale is. Um, I don't know about you. Maybe, maybe you have a different version. Can you tell me what the passage is? What's the passage where it talks about the sin scale, where where someone's sins are not as bad as others' sins, and that others will won't won't be won't receive as much wrath? And I can't find that. Well, uh, well, you look at what they did. Look what you did. Are you better than the apostle Paul? Should we build a shrine for you should we have should we build a little tabernacle for you? Hypocrisy thinks itself better than the wicked. you are no more deserving of salvation than they are. Hypocrisy says you are more deserving of salvation. You deserve to be saved. Hypocrisy says that that Christ only atoned for you and not for them. That's hypocrisy. Think yourself better. I'm of the special chosen select elect. I'm of the chosen. Really? Yeah, okay. Phariseeism takes many faces but how should we go about it what does Jesus say what does he teach put all scripture together all scripture together what does the Lord say shut up listen to me stop talking be quiet is what one of the passages even says be still wait be silent forsake all die to self sit down sit at the feet of jesus listen to me my words my doctrine my theology my teaching what i say jesus was walking with his disciples at one point forgive me i can't remember the reference maybe one of you knows the reference where his disciples say, Master, these ones over here, we're, we're speaking of you, and we bid them to stop. Uh, should we call down hellfire upon them, as Elijah did? Should we call down the judgment on them, like Elijah did? And Jesus turns to his disciples and says, Ye know not what spirit you are of. The Son of Man came not to to destroy men's lives, but to save them. Are you destroying opportunities to promote the fullness of Christ? Are you destroying people's lives by your rhetoric? Are you destroying the fellowship of the saints? one of the things that God hates is sowing discord amongst the brethren. I don't know about you, but I'm not going to hold the hammer and the nail that people use to crucify one another because of others' differences of opinions of things. I'm not going to take part in that. I'm going to be promoting Christ and seeking to encourage one another and help draw people to the fullness of Christ, not berate them for their differences, not put them down and curse them and hate them because of what they do or don't do. We're supposed to preach doctrine of the truth of Christ and help people to see the truth, not berate them. We're not Bible thumpers. We're not Bible thumpers. We're supposed to be Christ-like, loving, graceful, merciful disciples. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Like Stephen, being stoned, he's in the process of literally being stoned to death and he asked the Lord to forgive them should we not be like that should we not seek to be like that beware of the leaven of the Pharisees where there's no grace no forgiveness no mercy no hope no patience it's just a it's just a judgmental legalistic angry Jesus I don't know about you, that's not my Jesus. My Jesus is forgiving. My Jesus is graceful. My Jesus shows mercy. My Jesus will even sit with sinners. People that we would second guess about sitting with. That we might even raise an eyebrow. If we were back then and we saw Jesus heading over there and he, he uh, pulls out a chair and sits down at the table and grabs a drink and grabs a plate of food and starts eating, a drink, we would raise an eyebrow like, what? We would hesitate. He doesn't. A Jesus tells us to love one another, stop fighting, love your enemy. Speak evil of no man. Show grace and mercy. Forgiveness. Stop sowing division and schisms and fightings and bickerings. Stop thinking yourself better than one another. For there's none that doeth good. No, not one. The moment you think that you're doing good, you're deceiving yourself. It's not about us. It's none of us. It's all of him. None of us, all of him. It's not about our denominational distinctives. It's not about wearing the shirt and tie and and carrying the right color Bible and all of that. It's about the Lord God, Jesus Christ. Show me a Christian that gets it right. Show me a Christian who gets everything right. And I'll show you a hypocrite. We all get it wrong we're little children as the word of god says we're little children stumbling around making messes of everything and the lord is constantly having to put it all back together and we think ourselves mature we think ourselves having it all right we're nothing but chaotic little children how many times do we make the angels sigh and shake their head like seriously that's what we are let us not think ourselves more highly than we ought to beware of the leaven of the pharisees let's confess the true christ of the fullness of christ of who christ really is what christ is really all about it's not about the doing and not doing the getting and not getting the having not having about it's not about commandment keeping and law keeping it's not about religion and religiosity it's not about the outward appearance it It's about Jesus Christ. It's about the grace of Christ. The faith of Christ. The mercy of Christ. The love of Christ. The forgiveness of Christ. The patience of Christ. Patience enough that you'll give them a chance. Patience enough that you'll pray for them. And hope unto salvation. So give this some thought. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Investigate yourself. Investigate your own life. Search yourselves. Examine yourselves. To see if you are in the faith. Now what is the faith of Jesus Christ? What is the faith of Jesus Christ? What is the fullness of it? Who is Jesus according to the word of God? Forsake all. Follow him. Don't worry about it. Stop fighting. Stop caring. Stop worrying. Rather, care and worry about your own personal walk with Jesus Christ. But don't you ever think yourself better than anyone else. Only the hypocrite does. So, there you go. So, let's go down through the comments here. I know there's a bunch of comments. Angela says, my spiritual problems always start with me focusing on me. Yep. It's so hard to stop worrying about me, me, me. When I focus on the Lord, everything gets better. Amen. Yep. And... Angela says, even when I bless others, I do it in a selfish way. What a selfish wretch I am. <laughs> we all do it. But I have to stop looking at my failures and make it all about God. I think that that is the only way to have victory. Amen. You're, you are right about not uh, talking bad about brothers and sisters in Christ. I said something about a sister and I felt horrible. I have to ask forgiveness right away. Yep, As scripture said, go to them and make amends it uh, don't don't keep it to yourself just get it over with like ripping off the band-aid just get it over with be honest and sincere <clears throat> and bear your heart unto one another be honest and open unto one another be a glass house an open book and we're no better than anyone else don't make excuses don't fight don't, don't try to find loopholes just be honest look this is what it is this is what it says do what the lord says we got to be careful, because what the devil is doing is he's trying to bring in a great strong leaven of hypocrisy into the churches, of Phariseeism into the churches, especially in this day and age, where if it's not about television, if it's not about entertainment, it's about politics, it's about other social issues, it's about other things, it's about the brown carpet, the red carpet, it's about the about the shirts, about the button shirts, or whatever, it's about hats or no hats, it's about head coverings, no head coverings, it's about masks or no mass, it's about everything. Uh, other thing there's always something that we fight and war about to make ourselves think ourselves better than others about that's hypocrisy that's hypocrisy let's not be this rather be as the publican who beat upon his chest, would not even look up, would not even lift his eyes to heaven, just beat on his chest and say, Lord, forgive me, a sinner. That man went to his home justified. That man is forgiven. That's what the Lord loves. Humility, humbling ourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he might exalt you in due time. We don't exalt ourselves. We don't exalt ourselves. We don't think our, ourselves better than anyone else. Jen says that's where the Ten Commandments come in as the schoolmaster to show them their sin. Right. And we look at ourselves. We, the moment we think ourselves good, the moment we think ourselves right, look at the law. That'll smarten us up. That's like a, a a, cup of ice water thrown in the face. It smartens us up. That gets rid of hypocrisy real quick. Let's take a look at the law. How many times do you break that in a day? That it makes it. That makes us immediately run into the arms of Jesus. And say, Lord, forgive me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for having grace. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for, for your patience with me praise the lord he doesn't cast us away praise the lord our salvation is not dependent upon our works we would be all damning ourselves to hell in five seconds seriously how many times in a day would you damn yourself to hell if your salvation was dependent upon your works praise the lord it's by grace angela says i know god commanded us to love one another But do we have to like each other? Well, that's where the word of God says, As much as lieth within you, live peaceably with all men. As much as lieth within you. See, the Lord even knows that some of us have more patience than others. That some people will try your patience and be difficult. Those that bring you to the end of yourself where you cannot live peaceably with them anymore. That's what it says. Just walk away. Just leave. Stop talking. Just stop. Stop writing. Stop talking. Stop, stop fighting. Stop bickering. Just stop. Just shut your mouth. Turn around. Walk away. But, and they'll be chirping away to get the last word let it go let it go walk away as much as lieth within you live peaceably with all men don't you ever speak evil of them don't ever speak evil now there's a big difference this is where the modern liberal personal interpretation progressive christian comes in and, and they they try to throw in there about the speaking evil as even rebuking. Don't ever rebuke someone. Don't ever rebuke. Don't ever tell them they're wrong. Uh, Bible says otherwise. You see, there's rebuking of flesh and there's rebuking of righteous judgment. See, you can rebuke someone nicely. And showing them what the Word of God says, showing them how they're wrong, is a rebuke. And if they resist, they reject that, then you just flat out tell them, look, no, you're wrong. You don't know what you're talking about. The Word of God says this, and you're fighting against the Word of God, and you're going to bring judgment upon you. Walk away. You can rebuke in a right spirit. And you can rebuke wrongly through the emotions of the flesh or you got all flustered and angry because they're ticking you off so you tell them off and you think that that was rebuking them no 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 paul full of the holy ghost set his eyes on elements and rebuked him harshly but full of the holy ghost in the spirit of god by this by the spirit of christ by the holy word of god and the right manner Don't ever speak from your emotions. Don't ever let your emotions and your flesh speak. Speak from the Spirit. How many times does the Word of God say this? Walk in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit, speak in the Spirit, believe in the Spirit. How many times does it say it? Pray in the Spirit. How many times does it say it? Stay away from the flesh. The flesh gets angry, ticked off, and speaks in emotion and fluster. Don't let it the moment you start feeling yourself get riled up, walk away. Walk away. Speak when the Spirit of God wants you to speak. And He will teach you what to say in the very same hour. He will cause you to be in remembrance of everything which Christ has said. The hypocrite speaks from flesh and emotion. Thinking that, they're, that they are the power of God. That they're the authority of God, that they're in authority, that they are they're in the right when they're living in flesh and emotion. You see how far it goes? You gotta be careful. In this day and age there's so many, so many traps, so many traps to get us all worked up. Let's be careful. What does the Lord say? What does the Lord deem as important and Supposed to be our focus. It's about the gospel of Jesus Christ. You say, well, "Well, we're supposed to. We're supposed to care about social issues. We're supposed to care about politics, and so we're supposed to care." Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. I'm not saying we shouldn't. rather, there's a right way and wrong way to go about it. Let's be careful. We're not determining what is right by our own opinions. Yes, we should be involved with all these things, involved with social issues and political issues and this stuff, the way Christ was. Think about that. I'll end it there. All right, so there you go. Thank you so much for joining in. God bless you, folks. So if you appreciate these studies, if you appreciate these uh, uh devotions, please give us a like us a thumbs up as we look at the word of God, these devotionals, these studies, these Bible studies, as so much to learn from. And so please go over this again, take down the notes and do the research, share this around, and show your support by giving it a like, a thumbs up, and subscribe, and hit the notification bell icon. So we can put up new videos, and check out all our other videos. We got tons and tons of goodies, uh, tons of different playlists and such on different topics, as well as check out our website ChristianCoffeeTime.ca. Get links to all our other platforms and other goodies there too as well. So with that, that wraps that up for today. Thank you so much for joining in. God bless all those who love our Lord God, Jesus Christ. God bless all those who love his holy word. Hope to see you again. And as always, if I don't see you again, I'll see you in the sky. God bless.